the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. You know, I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Edred. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Why is a snake in the house? I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Tyson, how are you? This is David Dunn. Did I see you, No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, this You're is the, the podcast. Uh, You're the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen podcast. Clearly, I am not Rich Eisen. I am Chris Brockman, the television producer of the program, and we have hijacked the podcast studio here at NFL Network, as always, along with Chris Law joining me. Yeah. Tell you what, I, it's much uh, it's much more roomier in here when there's only two of us. Yeah, you know, I feel like we're not getting uh, monitored. You're not getting questioned about your qu- question. Right, questions about my question. Which you totally deserve, by the way. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd like to thank the people on Twitter this week who have come to my defense. Team Brockman, I'm very appreciative of you guys. Uh, for the line of questioning, I uh, laid on Michael Crabtree last week. I thought it was a totally totally valid question, and uh, I thank you for having my back. Can I go out on a limb and say that you can count the number of people that had your back on one hand? <laughs> I will not confirm or deny those reports. No. It, we are taping this on a Tuesday. We are a little over three weeks from the NFL draft, which is coming to you as always, here on NFL Network, a lot, doing, live doing, from New York City. What are you doing during draft week? Uh, I believe I'm here in an, in an edit somewhere. Normally I have a morning edit and I'm free in the evening to watch the first round. But I think this year I will be at network, whether uh, doing something for total access, whether the open or something to that Monday extent. Monday and Tuesday, though, you'll be cutting Eisen Podcast. Monday and Tuesday, uh, NFL draft special of the Eisen Podcast. I will be here with my esteemed editor, Paul Thurwachter. And we will be uh, making TV magic for all of you. Yep. Do we have guests? Um, we don't have any confirmed guests. We have a few close. Uh, hopefully the man himself, RG1, will be one of them again this year. Excellent. Made some news last year, if you recall, with the Saints bounty stuff. Of course. Um, and I, I don't feel comfortable saying the other two all right. yet. So we'll just say that we're efforting at this point. We're efforting highly, yes. Uh, the coordinating producer of NFL Network's draft coverage, Charlie Uke, he will join us Later in the program to talk all things NFL Draft, what's it like to talk to Mike Mayock, some of the changes, and uh, what you can expect for our... How many hours of live coverage should we have that day on Thursday? A lot. And over the course of four days, the entire weekend, lots and lots of coverage. Very technical term. Chaz Yook is one of my favorites. He's incredible. One of my favorite people who works here as well, no question. Good dude. If you watch Rich on uh, NFL Game Day Morning, he's also the coordinating producer of that. Um, along with uh, Spondin Daftery, who you all know from the podcast from back in the day, dating uh, our, our kindergarten teacher. It was a uh, Kara, Henderson's Kara Henderson's son's kindergarten son's teacher. Kindergarten That's teacher. amazing. Um, Spoon's mo- Spoon is still here as well, but he's not uh, as involved with the, with the draft, although 
is in some peripheral ways. But we got Charlie coming up. Of course. Up, so be Charlie fun. is going to be on the program. That's fantastic. And, of course, when Rich is out of town, we always have to dial him up so he can appear as a guest on his own podcast. Where is Rich right now, uh, Chris? Rich is in Kauai, I believe. Kauai, Hawaii. Yeah, he's in Hawaii. Everybody. We got a, we got what, a, we got a text from him last night. We right? did. He's been oh. a late a late night text, by the way, of uh, a beautiful sunset and a palm tree and a beach or something. Rich is actually calling in right now. So oh, so we got Rich on the on line. In, not yet. He'll be on in, in about a minute. You'll probably hear the phone in about a so minute. Hopefully. Oh. Oh, hey, there we go, Doctor Eisen. Like a glove. Like a glove. Gosh, Seinfeld was probably the greatest show ever. There we go, Doctor Eisen. Is that you on the line? Yes, sir. Rich, how's it going? I'm fine. You got uh, Brockman in law here. How you doing, buddy? Which <laughs> is man in the station? That's you enjoy, are you are you enjoying are you enjoying playing with all the toys? You know what the best Bond part about on. this is. You remember that Seinfeld episode where uh, the pinky toe got lost and Kramer was still driving the bus and the guy was trying to rob them and Kramer's like, and now I'm driving the bus. That's how I always feel when you're out of town. Well, actually, if I need to refer to a Seinfeld episode for what this is, it's more like Kramer with the Merv Griffin set playing. <laughs> Even playing better. Host for a show that really shouldn't exist. Well, well done, sir. Well, well done. <laughs> well, then that's it, it sounds like it sounds like you know you found the the podcast pieces in the dumpster. You're putting it together in your apartment and inviting just regular people. Just anybody. It's our old friend George Costanza. It's <laughs> pretty much what we're doing. We're having Charlie Yuk on later, and he's going oh, to talk a little draft with us. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Our coordinating producer. Yes, coordinating producer okay. of uh, Draft, also coordinating producer of the show you're on, Game Day Morning. Well, he, he, he told USA Today, I don't know if, if, if USA Today actually quoted him directly, because that's occasionally hit or miss, but they quoted him as saying that we're going to try not to tip picks. We never tip picks. So it didn't even sound like Charlie, to be honest with you. He, uh, so I was in a meeting with him after all that. Came oh, out. You, you were in a meeting? Yeah. Surprise. That's odd. Oh, weird. So I'm in a meeting with him and, uh, and our, one of our PR guys, and he's like, is that, what, is that how, what you PR guys do? You take stuff I say and twist it? He goes, I did not insinuate Of course, in any way. when I read that, we're going to try not to tip picks. It made no uh, sense. And I'm, I read that, I'm like, just rolled my eyes. I think Pro Football Talk picked it up, too. And I'm like, oh, Lord. You know, because we never tip the picks. Never. Yeah, we're, we're going to hit on never. that Charlie, because that is a, that is a, that's a big deal to the, to of the course broadcast it is. and made, the people at home. Because in this, in this day and age of real-time draft coverage with Twitter, Facebook, all these different ways for you to find out who's being picked and who's not, um, the one way that obviously it, it comes across the quickest is when you're watching it on television. And, you know, the way it is done, because the graphics needs to be set up, that the tapes need to be arranged, that once the pick is handed in by the courier uh, of the team that is in the, the orchestra pit of Radio City Music Hall and brought up to the commissioner's uh, group that then writes the name in the card and hands it to, um, to the commissioner. Actually, the name's not written in the card. The name's already on the card. It's just a blank for the team name and for the pick. Yeah, I I, uh, I took photos of it last year. You're right. Yeah, I mean the name out. is already written on it. They just find the kid's name. It's all alphabetically written, and then when the na- pick comes in, they just find the kid's name in a pile of alphabetically ordered cards and fill it. It's like a Mad Lib, yeah. you know, with the with the with the blank in for the proper name of the team that's picking him, 
and for the number of the pick, you know, with the X overall pick, they just fill in the number and the team name and hand the card to the commissioner. Before that card is handed to the commissioner, it is communicated to the two uh, trucks that are out on the side streets of, of Radio City Music Hall of New York City, of ours, uh, our truck and ESPN's truck. And it's now up to the producer to either let the host know or the other analysts know who it is. Now, I don't know what ESPN does, okay, because I was never part of their draft coverage uh, when I was there. And, you know, obviously, I've been doing this draft since 2004 for NFL Network because we went on the air in the middle of the 03 season. In November of 03, our 10th anniversary is coming up this fall. Mm -hmm. But... We have uh, we've done this now at Radio City Musical. I believe our first year was 06. It may have been 05. I don't know off the top of my head. But I know I've told my producers I don't want to know. And Mayock, who's been on the set with me ever since I started doing it, has told the producers I don't want to know. You like the natural reaction to hear the commissioner. We don't want to know. We want to be just like the fans at home because the best broadcast is by us putting the fan in our shoes and vice versa. We don't want to know. I don't want to know. Plus, Rich, I've, I've seen you on Go On and a few other shows. And while your acting chops are pretty good, I don't know if you could sustain it for three and a half hours <laughs> of live only, television. The only time the, the, the truck lets us know when the pick is in and it's of note is on the third day. And we're not covering it pick by pick anymore. We're not going to the podium for every pick. But when it's somebody of note in the fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round, they'll say, Rich, we're going to go to the podium for this one. Hang on. So I know it's someone of note. If we're now cutting away from our regular coverage of discussing what's going on at the draft or throwing it to a team cam at somebody's site, then I know, okay, this pick means something. It's significant. But I don't, still don't know who it is. Yeah. And I'll never tip it because that – the minute we start tipping picks is the minute people stop watching us because there are so many different ways for you to follow the draft now. Here's a question for you, Rich. Will you unfollow Paul Allen on the day of the draft? You know what? I won't because, um, well, first of all, I don't follow him to begin with. Okay, okay. But he, last year, <laughs> with everybody, if you're, you're, what you're referring to is when, when the commissioner's office made this edict, which was a great edict, and I had spoken to the commissioner about this. As you know, this was this was sort of like my tuck rule, tilting at this windmill tuck rule type thing. We don't need to talk about the tuck rule anymore, Rich. But it, well, as you know, I've been crusading against Well, you, that. you killed it. You, and the you, thing you that drove me nuts was these tippings of picks from Twitter accounts. Teams yeah. would, hand, would make the call to Radio City Music Hall and then tell whoever their social media guy was and say, tweet it out. And it was ruining our coverage. So it's like... Do we not all row in the same direction here? Don't we want the draft to be as well-watched and as successful as possible? So let's all row in the same direction. The commissioner got on board with that and told all the teams, don't do it, told the, the people covering it, don't do it. And of all the people who started doing it was Paul Allen. An owner. Because, and he was doing it pick by pick. And the reason why he would know is because every time a pick is put in, Every team that's on the clock coming up finds out about it so they can remove that person off the board. And Paul Allen was tipping picks. <laughs> and I believe somebody finally got to him with the 12th overall pick, and his Twitter account magically stopped producing 
tweets. Do you think he got a call from Roger? There's no question. Wow. There's no question. Someone from the league office was calling up. To, if they call him personally, yeah. call him up saying, knock it off. What are you doing? It was, pre- so it was pretty amusing. When I read that quote from Charlie Hook, <laughs> we're going to try not to tip picks. I'm like, what is that? There's well, no way he said that. And I haven't even spoken to him about if you, it. If you read it on Awful Announcing, it was Charlie Yoon. They had his name wrong. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk to Charlie about that later. As you know, and you guys have heard me talk about this, even if you are misquoted, right? Even Sp- if you're talking your about right. poorly, the adage is, just spell my name right. So at least I get that. <laughs> My, my best uh, name misspelling, this was uh, 1998. I was playing summer baseball. I've played baseball my whole life. I'd never hit a home run over the fence. And so in a summer league game, granted it was a short porch in left, I finally hit my first career home run. And I did my jog around the bases, and I was so excited to read the little brief in the paper the next day. And additionally, Chad Brockman hit a home Chad run. Chad Brockman, everybody. Did you take the ball and go ask the pitcher if you wanted to keep the ball because that was the ball that you hit a home run And off. which publication <laughs> was this? This was the Portland Press-Herald that screwed up my name. And you called them up and you said, actually, it's Chad underscore Brockman. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Crabtree joke fell on deaf ears there when I was making I didn't hear that. But, oh, oh, well. But, no, How yeah. much grief did you get on Twitter this week for your question? Of I have, uh, I've had to, I had to hire an assistant to go through all of the negative tweets that I've been Poor getting. Chad. I'm sorry. Although there were several Team Brockmans. I, mean, I so- wish I had taken that photograph. The look that he gave you was really—it it was pretty incredible. And the funny thing is, he was kind of—he was kind of turned towards you the whole the whole show. So he was—he was back to me a little bit. The how I sit in the corner there, and uh, he—he he did a full turn to give me a. Well, it, it what did you just say, bro? Look, again, his body language was uh, was was giving you the, you know, again, Chris. The body language is giving you the heads up of don't ask a follow up, and you did. I did. I did. That's okay. And, and you know, thir- that night, uh, when did we record that? Was that a Wednesday last we week? We recorded that on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. So Thursday, uh, Syracuse was playing in the uh, regional semifinal. Yes. And uh, a group of us went to, go, went to go watch, and we were joined by Syracuse football legend Donovan McNabb, who was out here uh, taping some Total Access stuff. Yes. So someone mentioned, uh, someone in our group mentioned how I had gotten into it a little bit with Michael Crabtree. And McNabb was like, what is this about? So I explained to him oh, okay. the so scenario. What is this, what, what's his take on and it? I don't think I can repeat what uh, Donovan he said. Told you, he told you you were out of your mind. Right? He, he did. It, Brockman, in, not in, in, in no uncertain terms, he told me that I was yeah. not Donovan, in, in the right there. Donovan, team Brockman. <laughs> so, so after Donovan said that, it kind of made me rethink the whole way I went about it. But I still stand by the point of the question. Right. So well, that, that's my final take on all of this. Listen, it, it made for some good podcasting. Absolutely. Um, in the future, though, you're going to need to take a, a step back and, and realize what you're asking before you ask it. Sure. Um, and then, of course, if you speak to Crabtree, I would take two steps back. Yes. In the future. That's all. Well, I, hopefully I get a chance to see him again. I'll, I'll make it right. I'll make it right. Sure. Now, um, as you mentioned, Syracuse. Yes, Rich. It's a big Final Four battle between your school and mine. Indeed. Just shows you how they... Sports gods sometimes uh, sometimes laugh at us, give us opportunities here. Now, the only thing is we could make a Twitter avatar wager. 
We could. Do we want but to talk it's about? Not the... going to beat the one that I just. <laughs> right, right. Can I we just pulled? Can off we talk about week. that one? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So how does that go down? Who who lo- who lobs the first text? Of... I, well, of course, I lob. Well, it. of course, we're talking about Aaron Andrews, the Florida alum, and Rich Eisen, the Michigan yeah, alum. Fox Sports uh, uh, one friend of the podcast. She's, she's, she's everything Fox Sports now. Uh, speaking of friend College, of the podcast, one, friend of after parties with Chris Law. Well, no, 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 I she's... think she's on MLB this week. So you lob a text to EA, and you say what? Yeah, I'm like you know. Um, would you care to make some sort of Twitter um, wager? Last year, you know, I I I lost to Peter King. Um, how about a, a three-day avatar scenario? So she mulled it over and said, "Absolutely." And um, she sent me a couple of pictures of her, I guess, in D- at Disney World with her family doing the Gator Chomp. Oh wow! And okay. she says that that was her, her. And I said, I said to her first, I'm like, you know what? Uh, you know, we we could do straight up school logos, or we could, I could send you one of my podcast. And then she sent one back of her at Disney World, and I'm like, come on, give me something better. And she wrote, the podcast is pretty lame. <laughs> oh wow! And I'm like, you know, I'd hurt a guy. But she meant the the it's Avatar the belt. podcast. The Avatar. I hope. Well, she well she doesn't like your mug, right. I guess. Long story short, the negotiation was completed, and the game went down. The game went. Brockman the game went down. The house. That's right. Oh yeah, where was my invite for that? Uh, uh, you were out. No, it was at Easter. I figured you were with your your wife somewhere. No, I was. I told you that I was going, and you said that you had plans. I know. I was standing. All right. There, all right. So Brockman comes over, and you know. It's thirteen to nothing, <laughs> and twenty-five to three, and I'm like starting to think about okay, I need to figure out an avatar here, but I don't want to jinx it because if any team has shown that no lead is safe in the tournament, it's my team that came back against Kansas, right? Of course. So we fire up the podcast avatar, and Brockman helps me with the photoshopping to put the Michigan logo in it. I would have loved to have seen you doing that. You should have recorded Rich trying to do well, it. Well, we, we really should have. Well, I, I think it went like this. Rich goes, hey, can we put a Michigan logo in the white space there? And I said, do you have uh, Microsoft Paint? Give me, I have no idea. Give me two minutes. I can do it with paint. Yeah, I can't. And so uh, we what went did it with the paint. I went, I went up with the paint, and we made it happen, and uh, it looks great. It does look nice. great. And, but the, the thing that's really disconcerting, oh, seeing my face. Uh, every time Aaron Andrews tweets, <laughs> it took me, it's still like two days later because it's just three days. It's still up right now at it, 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 one twenty uh, p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday. She's able to switch it. Okay. So, um, so <laughs> I'm like half the time I'm on my Twitter feed looking. I'm like I didn't tweet that out. Who tweeted? I'm I was going to say, and Aaron tweets a lot. So you're yeah, like, and she she hasn't listen, stopped listen, tweeting. Listen, she could have done. She could have done that. Listen, she could have done the the. Uh, the Weasley thing, which is take her time putting the thing up. Within how many seconds, Brockman, did it take her? It was, the, I'll tell you what, we finished it, you emailed it to her, and it was up immediately. She had, she had switched. Seriously. Like, she could have done the, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not around, or I, I'm, I'll, go, I'll wait till I get to a computer. No, it was immediate. Uh, props to EA. Well Seriously. done. It took her seconds. To do it, so she, and she could have also done the Weasley thing, which is not tweet it at all. Right, she could have went on a three-day hiatus. She didn't. Woman of her word, good sport. Yep. So, what do we got, Rich? What, 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 what do we think should be I'm on sure the table here? I mean, the podcast is 
gotten 1.7 million followers worth of publicity over the last. I mean, days. I only have 3,000, so if, so if you oh, listen, we could do the same thing. Three okay. days worth of sure. uh, of of an avatar of uh, of of the other person's choice. Absolutely, I'm in. We could do it. I'm in, and this is breaking news. But I am, to... a, but I am away from uh, from my of <laughs> computer. I would say I could say I could text uh, Susie and ask her to do it, but she doesn't know how to probably how to what change I to it. Do, though now is I got to do this with Tariko, with my brother-in-law. Susie's brother's a huge Syracuse nut. He's taking his two kids to the game. Well, breaking news, Rich! I confirmed all of my travel plans today. I will be there as well. Nice. Should hook up with my brother-in-law, Tariko. I'm sure he'll be there. Siciliano, uh, Siciliano's going. Yep. Syracuse people everywhere. We're and I'm nervous. There. That two-three zone is ridiculous. Your guys are long. Well, you got the—I mean, you got quick. the player of the tournament right now, and Trey Burke. So I'm a little scared. If you guys are knocking—if you guys really are knocking still, down I mean, three pointers, we're in trouble. The half but. of the Kansas game and overtime has been his best, his best stretch. And everybody, every other—you know—the real star of the team has been McGarry, McGarry, the freshman. Yep. Who that Belon has been spending, and that staff has been spending the whole season coaching up. Finally, like what mid-February threw him in the, uh, or, or late February threw him in the starting lineup. He may be their best finisher. If you guys can hold on to the ball, that's one thing we've been doing really well lately is forcing turnovers uh, and, and blocking shots. Is not turning it over. So, this is going to be great. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, obviously, I'm pulling for my squad. Good luck to you guys. Thank you. And, uh, Anything else, guys? Uh, well, I just want to hit you really quickly. Two big, two big items in the NFL today. Sure. Carson we might Palmer. Have lost since we just broke down the Michigan. We absolutely did. Pick and roll game. Yeah, Carson please. Palmer first traded uh, for a conditional pick, and they swapped some late round draft picks with Arizona. Swapped six and seven. And uh, Namdi Asamoah, one year yeah, deal with the 49ers. That. Well, listen, uh, we'll start with Namdi. Him going back to the Bay Area, where you know, obviously, had his best years across the Bay in Oakland. Him in San Francisco. That's a great idea. Great idea, and it just shows you the corners market. How how uh, one of the best of of, uh, of the past ten years, even though his time in Philadelphia, where I believe he was definitely played out of position and not comfortable. Um, what a million and a half. Yep, it's just crazy. More and more reason why I I, I, I don't understand if unless Revis wants out of New York, why he would want to price himself out of it, as opposed to figuring out. Listen, I don't need to be paid like the best player in football. Um, and I want to stay, like, unless he just doesn't want to stay. Because to pay, I mean, you take a look at what the other corners in this game are making. Woodson is still out there, right? Antoine Winfield, who I know has been banged up, he's still sitting out there. And you take a look, Brett Grimes, I know he's been banged up too, understand. He signed a, what, it was a one-year deal, right? Yeah, yeah same thing with uh, D'Angelo Hall, went back he's to Washington on a short after another after another, and he wants a long-term deal where he's getting paid more than uh, Peyton Manning, maybe. Well, a lot of these guys are, I mean, he really hasn't come out and said those words, but everybody believes it. Aren't a lot of these guys signing the one the one year deals too? Because the cap number goes up pretty significantly in uh, 2014, so you know contracts are going to increase a little bit then as well. But I mean, I, I, it just it just it just to me it shows how it's a great move by the 49ers. They needed somebody. That's a low risk at that and at that position. Who better than Namdi and? Um, you know, obviously, you know, Eagles fans would say there's a lot of people better than Namdi, but he, he's, I think he's going to do very well there. And uh, it just speaks to the market. It speaks to the market. And, that, and, that, and, and it just shows you how the Jets, you take a look at the market, why would you, even though he is their best player, why would you pay him $17, 18000000 million a year? Guy just blew his knee out, too. It's yeah. sort of crazy. And with Carson Palmer, you know, it's a good move by Arizona. Because uh, who else is out there? Again, I, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago with Kansas City. 
that it's sort of like, you know, every NFL season is like real estate. What's available at the very time? It's like location, location, location. What's available in what location? Even though you may have a master plan, three, four, five-year plan, um, what, what does the current landscape look like? They needed a new coach. They went out and got Andy Reid. What, what does the landscape look like? They need a new quarterback. They went ahead and got, in my mind, the best guy who was available and a former number one overall pick who almost took the Niners to a Super Bowl just uh, a couple of years ago, and Alex Smith. What else do they need? They went ahead and they got some other guys that were available, some of the best guys that were available. What Sean Smith went to Kansas City. So you take a look at Arizona. You, they survey the landscape. Clearly San Francisco is not going to send Alex Smith there. Who else is around? You know, and they went with Carson Palmer, who's got a big arm. He's sort of a guy who, you know, Bruce Arians, is, he hates the West Coast offense. Who, who better to throw it around than him and – I think they've got some weapons. I feel like there's no reason he can't be successful. Well, he there. likes to go vertical, and and obviously time. there's Larry Fitzgerald, for, who has to be over the moon because yeah. Carson Palmer's the best quarterback he's seen he, he's had there since Kurt left. I wonder if this is going to make uh, make Larry stop thinking about Kurt Warner at night. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. But it was a good move. I feel for Drew Stanton, who probably thought for a split second he had a shot, shot here. Shot, yeah. Um, and uh, he's going to be the backup. There's no doubt about it. But it's a good move by Arizona. Good move by Arizona. The NFC West gets, gets stronger. These are two more people that we just talked about that just entered the division that already has Seattle and San Francisco doing some serious work against one another. Yeah, no, so no, no, uh, I like it. It's a good move. It just also shows um, what a, a dreadful trade it was uh, for Oakland and how much they gave up to get him. Yeah. And, you know, but that's the past. You know, Oakland is still I mean, trying to dig out of some – Bad decisions that were made in previous administrations. And Mike Brown's looking pretty good right now with uh, making that deal. Seriously, take a look at that team, and they're also a good jillion dollars under the cap. So um, he's making money there, clearly. And they're winning. They're in the playoffs the last two years. And uh, when they're sitting, I believe, 37th overall on the clock on Friday night, the 26th, in New York City, and they get someone at the top of the second round, he'll look even better. Yeah, the other thing is the domino effect this does for the QBs in this draft with now Oakland at three. They were a team that people thought might be going after someone. They're not going to anymore, most likely, with t- getting Flynn. Arizona gets gets uh, Palmer, and now Minnesota has Well, Cobb, listen, I know you mentioned how Daniel Jeremiah, when he came on our podcast a couple weeks ago, was you know wanted to make sure he understood that the, the, the number of times he dropped terrible <laughs> in reference to the quarterbacks available this year's draft. He was just referring to their game tape, their college experiences, and how they didn't really raise the level of their team. I just think, again, you are seeing what teams believe uh, this year's quarterback class looks like. Yeah. When the Bills go out, Understand, Bills may not be excited over the moon about getting Kevin Cobb, but they went ahead and got a, a serious veteran to get in there. And they're picking, what, they're ninth overall, correct? Uh, they're eighth overall. Eighth overall. Uh, the Raiders, who are third overall, went ahead and got Matt Flynn. Um, everybody who's seeming at the top of the, the – the Cardinals, who are right there in the top ten, what are they overall? They're seventh. They're, they're yeah. seventh. They went ahead and they got a veteran. Yep. What else do you need to know about the quarterback class in the draft? Is that all these quarterback-needy teams, instead of going ahead and pulling the trigger on a young kid at the top of the draft to throw in there this year, like virtually every other quarterback-needy team has done over the last couple of years, I think it just speaks volumes of, of what they think 
these kids can do coming in right off the bat. Certainly, even uh, as Daniel said, eventual starter, potential starters, as he used to break it down as a scout with the Ravens. I think it just speaks volumes. I like it. We'll find out in three weeks, Rich. I like it. What's well, the listen, weather like there? You the, uh, Charles Yook. Yeah, what's the, what's the weather like there, though? Can yeah, you give us an update? Beautiful. Yeah, can you, put a, can you put a temperature to the picture? For 20 minutes is an outrage. <laughs> I was going to say, put a, put a temperature to the picture you texted us last night. It was, it was like a Corona commercial. <laughs> Here's what I like about Rich Eisen on the phone podcast, Rich Eisen, is you, you, you flip into your, like, your analyst mode where you know, you're the expert, kind of, and you are, because there's two idiots on the other end of the line here talking mm-hmm. to you, and you, you're, you, you break it down for us whenever you're on the road. When you're here, and it's all three of us here, it's kind of you know, just a conversation. And, but, you know, Listen, I just know my role. You know, I did it, you know and your I try to nail it. You know, I just try to make it the best show possible. And you're doing that, sir. <laughs> all, all right, my man. Kramer. Enjoy. Best of luck Kramer to you. Kramer and my sure we'll talk. salesman. That's right. It's Art Vandalay to you. Adia, aloha means goodbye. Aloha. Later. All right, Brockman. So how about Rich just on the on the islands, leaving us here, back here, Southern California to be getting ready for draft. You know, the funny thing is uh, we mentioned it earlier when we talked to Rich, but he sent us a picture of the sunset when he arrived. And night he was one. like, night one, he said, and I was cooking dinner. And what were you doing? Uh, I was watching House Hunters International because right. my wife So, so clearly, once again, Rich uh, uh, topped us. But, hey. He's living the life, and we're just trying to live through him, so I guess I don't mind too much. We are, and we have a special guest, as we uh, mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Charlie Yook, coordinating producer for NFL Network. The last time he was on the show was with Kara Henderson two years ago for Draft. Charlie Yook is the lead producer of NFL Draft for NFL Network. Charlie, welcome back to the Eisen Podcast. It's been a while, buddy. Thanks, boys. It's good to be back. Good to be back. How's it going? You're the, you got the, 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 the big event coming up here in, what are we, less than three and a half weeks away? Wow, we are April twenty fifth. Whatever that is from April today is from April twenty fifth. We're three weeks away. We're taping this on Tuesday, April second. It's going to post on a Wednesday, April third. So I guess we have two weeks and three weeks and two days. That's what that's that's what math tells me. Because we're still Thursday prime time for round one. Right now, how much do you like the Thursday prime time? I thought it was a genius idea, and it seems to have worked the last two I years. I think it's great. I I think it's become more. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys watch. You know you you've been part of the. It's it's an event now. It's not just. It's like our version of American Idol. It's it's following the story arc from these guys as college players. Then they either are seniors or they declare. And then we go to combine and pro day. And then this is it. Like where are they going and who are they going to be playing for? And are they going for, to my team? And do I give a you know hoot about this guy? Can we beep? No, I'm not going to swear. I said you can. No, you can. I no, said hoot. I said hoot. I said hoot. Yeah, but instead of like you know they're, they're getting voted off, they're kind of voted in now. They're right. being chosen. I think it's. I think it's been. I think it's been a great showcase for not only the league but for the kids who get drafted, and it's a. It, it's 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 a massive celebration. How many years has this been your baby now? Working on the draft specifically. <sighs> uh, since I this is my seventh draft. Seventh draft. So yeah. so seeing what it was even seven years ago to what it is now and how much it's grown. How oh, it's expand, it's expand leaps and bounds. I mean, but think about the coverage. We have like 12 to 15 reporters out there. We have, you know, they used to invite six kids to Radio City. Now it's like upwards of 20 to right. 25 kids to celebrate the moment. I mean, you got cameras. You got guys on the set. You have a second set. You mentioned the reporters. Right. We have, we, we went from going, like traveling five guys, I, I think, the year before I got here, they they did it was like Mac and someone going there. Now it's 
like we travel like 15 announcers there it's 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 become so when does it's you, become the event what about the, the war season. rooms how many war rooms are we in this we're year? shooting we had 12 last year we're gonna have a minimum of 12 this year with maybe upwards of 20 which is going to be some huge. Pretty good news we got today. Yeah, that was great news that we're going to get. You know, we're going to get a lot of the top guys. Nothing's confirmed yet, but we're going to get. Uh, I think we're going to get equal amount, if not more. So it's a good thing, and it gives everyone that access that they want to see their, you know, their team kind of working. Yeah, what hard. do you like most about going in the war rooms? Is it? Uh, I, I like seeing Bill Belichick in a suit because it's so strange. And- yeah, I, I just like seeing they look. It's it's kind of looking like it, it's it's like looking at an aquarium. You know, it's our it's our NFL fans aquarium. Be like, oh, what's 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 Pete Carroll doing? What's you know? What's... Normally, they've got the best reactions too. Though. Sure, sure. And it's uh, I think it just provides them another glimpse of what we you know what we give them, which is access, and that's what they want. And we kind of give them that behind the scenes, like behind the behind the curtain access that they crave. So, in addition to producing the draft, Charlie's also the coordinating producer of the Emmy-nominated NFL Game Day Morning. So when when Ma- do you many years ago that was nominated? It was nominated again. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. One of the features was oh, I think, total as a access show. Yeah, was this year. That's I think my it was fault. a couple years. That's good though. No, but it's fine. Formally, it's, it's fine. I mean, I, so I guess we'd be remiss if we we didn't mention that Rich was nominated. Rich was also yes, he was. Was nominated. You could say this. Yeah, you can say that a third of the game day morning talent. That is true. Rich, Kurt Warner, right? Kurt. Yeah, so they're correct. nominated in in part in, in large spirit. part for yeah. what they did. Well, I I I take all the credit. It's like us taking credit. But what I'm getting at is when you start your draft prep because i think that's something most people don't realize how much far how far back into the actual and while the nfl season is still going on i i I will say this law dog i think realistically once we get take a little bit time off in the summer we we, that's when we started it whether it's myself and the team that we've assembled we just kind of look at guys and we say all right here's some college guys we should start earmarking and that and you're bringing in footage already yeah, Correct. we start. We've been bringing in footage early and earlier and earlier. With when this process started, we would start. You know, several years ago it was like December, and then it was like okay, make it October, and then it was August, September this year. It's going to be the same. It'll probably be the summer this coming year. It's just it's a it's becoming a year long process where we kind of know who's going to be some names, seniors, and then you know we can't really talk about underclass, but we know who's good in college football, and that's mm-hmm. the process starts. I would say. June, July, just to earmark these guys, and then know that we got to get footage of these guys, and then start developing stories and what's going to be the big thing. And as much as there's not much "quote unquote" star power in this draft, I don't want to look too far ahead. But if you look at 2014, man, there's going to be some loaded, huge, needs to be loaded, right? Absolutely. Um, so, I guess one of the things that was shocking last year, and I'm, I can't imagine you're in the you're in the truck right outside on 52nd Street there. Yep. And a record number, I think it was 19 total, 14 in the – there were five in advance, like the St. Louis traded with the the Rams in advance, but there were 14 trades last year in yeah. the first round. I mean, you guys kind of have your shell built, where you want things to go, how you're seeing it, sure. and all these trades happen. How how do you guys handle that in the moment? What's uh, that like for the producer? The uh, controlled chaos, I think, is the way you got to describe it. I kind of knew, we kind of knew that – we were lucky last year, lucky, pun intended, that we knew that Luck and RG3 were going to go, so you can plan for that. And after that, it was, okay, Khalil's going to go to the Vikings. I don't know if we can do that this year after Kansas City. In fact, I don't even know what the Chiefs are going to do. I think if there's any sell to everybody who's kind of listening for this draft is that that there is true intrigue and that these are good players, whether you, okay, you just say, okay, there's the faces are Geno Smith, Matt Barkley, and Manti Teo, but 
clearly they're going to be guys that are going to be pretty good. We just don't know it yet, and that's why you got to. I think there's that vested interest one, you know, one through two fifty four, because you never know who's going to be the star here. Definitely, I mean, you can find a Marcus Colson in the seventh round or Russell Wilson in the third round. You, you're bound to find some somebody in this draft is going to be really, really good for someone's team that they're rooting for, and I think that's the biggest part of this. And he's going to be intrigue. someone that nobody expected. Maybe not. You just don't know. You just don't. No, and that's the best thing about this draft. I think that we're just not pounding the table to sell it. It's if if you guys know, please tell us, because <laughs> I just I don't think we truly know what the Chiefs are going to do. I really no. don't. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if they know what they're going to they do. I truly don't. I mean, they're for... still working out quarterbacks, right? I you just don't know. So you kind of just said it there, pounding on the table. That's Rich's motto, as you know well. And, oh, uh, he, he says pound, that? He pounded on the table for he got the, the, what, the tuck rule now is gone. Get out of here. One of his big things in previous years was the uh, the tipping of the picks, which is always a, a, right, a big thing, right. and how you guys deal with that with you know when you guys are finding it out versus right. when it's talent. I, I would like, great, great question, Law Dog. I would like that's, to say for everyone to know a hundred with 100% clarity, just so everyone knows, we will not be tipping the picks. Again, sure. we try not to. It's The reason why I say we try not to is because guys have Twitter accounts. I was guys say, have that, that kind of leads into a question that I wanted, I wanted to but ask. But for, for our intent and purposes, as the guys kind of producing the draft, we are going to let, – let me explain it this way. When we find out the pick from the league – in the truck, we basically tell everybody in graphics and video what's coming up, right. just so we're ready. Of we course. get like 30 seconds to like 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. We will not tell the talent what the pick is. The minute they find out is when Goodell well, announces Because he wanted a pick. natural reaction. Correct. And for people at home, like what, what, I guess what Charlie's saying is the commissioner is there. There's somebody on a radio set by the commissioner relaying the pick on a feed that goes both to the ESPN yeah, To make sure he knows, pronounces truck. the player's name right. Exactly. Right. You know, to make sure that both networks are back from breaks if we're taking the pick, to make sure that we're just kind of ready production-wise. They, it's a television. Yes, they're conducting business, but yes, it's a television event, too, mm-hmm. so that everyone's ready. We do not, and we are not going to. I'm not going to get in Rich's ear and be like, the pick is Matt Barkley. That's just not going to happen. Right. Got it. So as much as I, as I tell the guys, they, they can speculate all they want. If they get it right, they get it right. But I'm not telling them, like, hey, secretly pretend you don't know it's Matt Barkley, but talk <laughs> wax poetic that the Bills are about to take Matt Barkley. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of what I was curious about with, with the increase in popularity and the amount of people using social media recently. How has that changed how you have produced this coverage? I, don't, I think there's more fan interaction, and I think, I think fans are, are, are vested into it. And you guys know that it makes you feel, we all know this, when we send something to a celebrity and they tweet us back, it's like, oh, this is pretty awesome. Rich does a great job of answering people's tweets. Yeah. So they feel like they're a part of the broadcast, which is, I think that's the more engaging aspect of it, is our guys are pretty active on social media. Not Mayock, but everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they'll respond to the fans, Boy, which I think that makes, that makes it, if he gets a Twitter account, I think all hell's going to explode. All but, hell. But I think that helps the fan engagement of it, because we all do the same thing now. I, I watch TV, but I also have my phone and my computer with me, and I'm of course, interacting at all and engaging. Times. I think everyone does that now, and I think that's that's where we're leaning in our coverage. We want we want that. And one action. of the great things about Twitter is is following along on your timeline during live events like this. That's yeah. where it's at its best. I think this particular event, though, you kind of want to turn it away a little bit because for 
again, we're not tipping picks, but someone or someone knows an agent and says, okay, this is going to be the pick. If you don't want that to happen, then I would ignore. Who's the Seahawks owner? Last year he was tipping uh, the picks. Yeah, Paul Allen. Paul Allen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Your second screen experience should be NFL.com draft extra. I would definitely say that 110%. You won't be tipping any picks on that. Company, man. You Uh, you talk to Mike Mayock a lot. You're probably one of the most guys in his ear. What is it like? Can you take us inside this guy's brain? That's probably what everybody wants to know. He is a machine. He's uh, he really likes football. I I don't know if people know that, but he but he watches a lot of film, a lot of tape, a lot of tape, a lot of tape. Uh, now he's going to be ready. He's he's ready. He's fired up. He's ready to go. Whether it's a kid drafted in the first round or the seventh round, he's going to know who this kid is and how he's going to fit in the scheme he gets drafted to. And I think that's one of the most important. You talk things. to him daily. Is that safe to say? No, I, 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 no, I'd say every week we touch base in okay. some form, whether it's text, email, you phone call, to, you were just in smoke the, signals. Yeah. He's yeah. He'll be ready. He's uh he'll be prepared. What is a regular conversation with him? Like very quick to one sided. <laughs> he tells me what's going on. Really? <laughs> no, that's not true. No, it's, uh, I usually just say, Hey, how you doing? He'll say, fine. And he gets right into it. What do you need? And then I'll say, hey, I could use you here. Do you have a top, new top five list? Uh, which is a new top five list should be coming out shortly. I don't know when. That's so, a tease. But. Well, speaking of teases, what what is something that a viewer at home, if you can give it away, what, sure. is there anything new this year that we're trying to do? Or And I've been in these meetings uh, every week with you where I get yelled at by Rich and Brockman because I'm always in meetings. <laughs> always in meetings. Charlie's a lot of meetings. two of them on my calendar yeah, every week. Yeah, a lot of meetings, a lot of um, meetings. Is there anything new or different this year that, uh, that uh, NFL Network's broadcast is looking to do, or do you want to save that and you know just tell people to – Well, I think one it? of the biggest things, and, and you know this because you're in charge of it, Law Dog, is I think that fans can finally see in all of its glory the NFL.com mock draft that we've been doing on that Tuesday, the week of the draft That's week. True. It's one of the – it's one of the coolest things we do that is going to be, you know, it'll be, I correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to be streamed, uh, yeah, it'll be. and it's going to be a TV show that night, too. It is awesome. It is, Mike Mack basically leads a group of, of, of Rich, Irvin, yeah, Falk, and they go through, Sapp, each Melissa guy gets Stark, two picks. Charles Davis, Billick, and Damashek. And they get two picks, and they, they act as the GMs or the Pete the, the, the People who decide the picks, and it's it's awesome. And, and that just bashes Rich. For it's picks. awesome. Well, thank you. No, it, 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 no it's like the pick. ultimate, ultimate, ultimate mock draft, and they get pretty darn close, man. Like yeah. I think we were pretty good last year, the year before. They have a great time with it. It is truly a glimpse into something that people, a lot of people, don't get to see. So we're pretty excited about well, kinda that. Everyone kind of plays GM on their own. A lot of blogs or whatever do mock yeah. drafts. Do you do your own mock? Draft? I try to do something. Like I try. That, it's not that great. I'll get about eight right. It's eight very difficult. It's very difficult. Well, to me, correct is team and position. Right. So that's yeah. Eight's not bad. No, that's actually very solid. So twenty five percent. We started incorporating. Uh, you guys had some college coaches up there last year. Yeah. yeah. Who, who do we have? this We got year some on big tap? ones this year. It's it's uh we got Kevin Sumlin of Texas A and M to join. He'll join us for a, a decent portion of Thursday night pre draft. Okay. Uh, so tune into that. Jokel. Uh, yeah, I think he could be the one. So we're we're gonna be good there because it's you know last year we had Coach Shaw who had. Uh, David Shaw of Stanford, who had Lucko one. So if someone gets Joko one, that's a good thing. Speaking of David Shaw from Stanford, he'll be back. 
Uh, he'll join us Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the coverage. Is Mac Brown returning? He is not. Okay. Uh, but Les Miles is returning Excellent. from LSU. He'll also join us Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He's got like 13 players. The Mad Hatter, and he's crazy on Twitter, too. He's, he's great. And, of course, uh, the guy who's everyone talks about, Manti Teo, his head coach, will also join us. Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly from Notre Dame will join us Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as well. So it's uh, we're pretty lucky that we got those four. I wish Coach Sumlin could join us longer than just Thursday, but he has other commitments that he has to get to on Friday and Saturday, which we completely understand. But I think that roster of four, if it's the number one overall, the you know the, with LSU getting so many players, with Stanford becoming a factory, and, and Coach Shaw is so good, and Coach Kelly obviously having not only Manti, but it looks like this is going to be a decent crop for Notre Dame too. It's going to, I think, of course, it's a, and Notre Dame's Notre Dame's us. back in the back in the national picture now. Yeah, I think with their uh, squad. I think. Although, although have have we said that a couple times they're back? I guess they're back. I don't know. We've said it. Are they back? We've probably said they're it a back. lot. Yeah. Are they back? back? Hey, we're, we're going to get you out of here soon because I know you're a busy guy. You got to get you got to get moving. Um, just one, a couple quick questions. Yeah. Uh, this is. Uh, I was doing a little Charlie Yook research, and oh, I'm not great. sure if this is correct or not. I love um, it. I came across uh, a production assistant in Memento. That is correct. So you worked on Memento. My first job uh, when I moved. <laughs> Funny. Uh, Google me. My first job in L.A. when I came out here was from Miami of Ohio. Was uh, no, no. I was in, I was in New York. Yeah, but I did go to Miami of Ohio. Right. But from New York, I, I quit CBS Sports at the time. I was doing research. I came out here. My buddy was working in films, and he said I can get you a job as a PA in Memento. Your name drop? Guy Pierce, Christopher Nolan. Well, here's the best part about it. This is where you were. This is good. Years later on. You know, Christopher Nolan wasn't he wasn't what he is now. And I had to drive him to like bumble bleep to like for dailies in my as I <laughs> in my ninety six beat up black Honda Civic with the like the fake NOS and like the <laughs> nice. fishtail and the undercurrent lights that cost me whatever it was. Did you buy that car off the Fast and Furious I mean, too? I should I, I too might fast, as well too furious. Have, but he was like, no, this is where this is a good like he was a really good guy. Like, and it's that makes that warms your heart because he he was he could have been like, what the f or like, dude, no way. But he was just really good guy, and it's clearly he's a good guy and he's a good director. Is that what you, awesome. is that all you did on that movie? Just drive. I got this is around? what I basically did. I got bagels. I toasted bagels. <laughs> I swept, I answered phones, and I drove Chris Nolan four times to this place. It was like, I don't even know where it was, but it felt like I was in Washington State. What did you guys talk about on the car ride? We would just talk like, hey, man, like, well, how do you think the movie's going? He's like, ah, oh, it's going pretty well. And it was just not, not like we weren't talking the whole time. Right, he was just but... a nice guy. He could have treated me like, hey, you're gum on my shoe. You're a pee on PA. F off, but he didn't do what that. What radio station That's did awesome. he like to listen to? I uh, Oh, Charlie I was, had CDs in the car at that point. No, I had it was a t- it was tapes. <laughs> it was still tapes. <laughs> I always for some reason always had it on K-Rock, which wow. I think he was fine with and I didn't want to change it. So I was just like I I shouldn't change it. This is the director <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> one last one That's before amazing. we get you out here unless Brockman has anything else. You've been working with us since the beginning here, or pretty much the beginning. Give us give us your your, your best Rich Eisen story. <sighs> I, oh wow! This is uh, not prepared for this one. Best rich story. I, I don't. We're gonna have. I don't know. We're gonna have to either edit this in or edit this out. I don't. I don't. I mean, I can't was there was there a moment where he was we'll like, give, okay, we'll or give him to think of it in the meantime while, while he's thinking of that? Uh, 
definitely tune in to NFL Network for the 2013 NFL Draft. It's April 25th, 8 p.m. Uh, second and third rounds are Friday, April 26th, 6.30 p.m. And rounds four to seven are held Saturday, April 27th at noon. All on NFL Network, as Brockman and uh, Charlie alluded to earlier. You can also catch all of it on NFL.com or NFL.com's uh, And if you want to recap all the action for the fourth year in a row, I'll be doing a first-round running diary that we'll oh, post nice. on ChrisBrockman.com. I can't think of an Eisen story. I'm totally blanking. Reason to have you back on again, maybe. That's uh, I'll, I'll, to, to yeah, draft. maybe like a summer or that or a summer where I can think of a summer like summer theater series kind of thing where we. <laughs> I just can't. I can't think of anything. I mean, we'll come back and. Oh wait, we were talking off air. You said that you do watch Game of Thrones. Oh, love it. Season three premiered this week, and I, I oh, Eisen loves. I think. Oh, well, and Eisen loves that. Yeah, show I mean, too. he's got like you know House Eisen, and yeah. the, and in the dire wolf, he calls his dog Hudson the dire wolf of House sure. Eisen, uh, and of course, unfortunately, the injury to Kevin Ware over the weekend of Louisville, everyone saw tragic, reminding us of Willis McGahee and Marcus Lattimore and Joe Theismann. Yeah, this was worse, but. <laughs> But there was a moment in the first episode of Game of Thrones on Sunday where one of the one of the guys Khaleesi was trying to buy her yeah, yeah, army yeah. from yeah. cut the nipple off of yeah. one of the gigantic men. Okay, he, and this is what you told me he, off air. Okay, what did you tell me? This is going to be highly controversial. I I personally thought that was more gross than the wear injury, and here's why: the wear injury. I know that was real life, but it looked fake. Cutting the nipple, I know, was fake, but it looked real. Does that make any sense? That's how I feel. I, I wasn't. I was more grossed out by nipple cutting than bone protruding. I think we have a new poll question. New poll question. <laughs> what was more gross? Oh, I, I'm boy. telling you, the the wear thing. I've seen stills of it now, where you're just like, this is this is not even real. Yeah, it, it, I mean, seeing it live, I don't know if you saw it live. It didn't even it look was, real. It, it was I, I incredible. I, I, Absolutely But nipple cutting looked real. Can you say nipple cutting? We can say it. Nipple cutting. Oh, real. For all, for all of Charlie's musings, follow him on Twitter at UKC. Yeah, absolutely. Hit up, hit up Charlie on Twitter. UKC, Entertaining. Great follow. And always i got to think of an Eisen story. Watch the draft. That's all I got. <laughs> Good times with uh, with Charlie Yook there, huh, Brockman? He really brought it. You know, Charlie's not one to throw himself in front of a microphone, so it was really great for him to come up here and kind of share that insight. No, I did twist his arm. He, he canceled twice on this, and I don't know. I just know before I got into television and uh, even, you know, was middle school and high school, I always loved the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, Absolutely. You know, we we, we kind of now, being in this business, are a little jaded by it. You forget sometimes, but people care, and I, I think it's – great when you can hear you know charlie's perspective sometimes on you know what all goes into planning a draft because you don't just go to radio city turn on the lights and have it happen as no said. no growing up you just kind of flick the tv on and you take for granted that everything's going to happen and uh names are going to get called and you're going to see graphically info about this guy and then we're going to cut here and we're going to see that and we're going to see that and to see it takes hours and hours and of manpower and planning and uh that was fantastic insight yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, in the art of, of, of full disclosure for this one, with Rich being on vacation uh, and, you know, time zone changes and the fact that he even called in while he's on of vacation Of course. Well, in well Rich, Rich thought it was a two-hour time difference, but it's really three, three hours yeah. to uh, Hawaii. So our timings were a little off, and we ended up uh, having to tape Charlie before Rich, even though the interviews played back backwards in this. And, uh, of course. That's why, uh, you know, you got the, whole, <laughs> the same story twice there from Rich uh, whenever he was – he was saying, um, explaining how ESPN truck and the NFL Network truck get right. the picks from the commissioner. We didn't know that Rich was going to say that, and Rich didn't know what we were saying. No, so. of course. So if you could have saw 
Well, Lana is faces back and forth. Of uh, <laughs> we're just like uh, this isn't good, but uh, that's uh, no. That's but it's great. It's great to hear uh, both both perspectives because obviously Rich is the host and he's uh, listening to the producers and Charlie tell him what kind of what's going on and how they're going to play it. And you heard Rich say he doesn't want to know, and I, I wouldn't want to know either. And then to hear Charlie's perspective of him hearing it from the spotter who's with the commissioner, and then having him have to tell Rich and Mayock and the guys. I thought that was uh, that was a unique perspective. Definitely, absolutely. So you, sir, are headed off to the queues on what day are you going, Friday? I am. Well, or see, my, to, my, my plan was this. I was going back to your one of your home states, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, for a wedding the following weekend. So I had planned a little East Coast vacation since I hadn't been home to Maine. Uh, in quite some time. So I was, uh, my sister just had a baby. I got a new nephew I have yet to meet. So I was really excited to go home and spend some time there and maybe slowly matriculate my way down the East Coast and visit some friends on my way to Philadelphia for this wedding. Now, when I booked this trip two months ago, there was no possible way ever I could have imagined Syracuse would be playing in the Final Four. Now, uh, fast forward to Saturday, rewind fast forward to Saturday, and of course we beat Marquette and we're on our way to Atlanta, we're dancing all the way uh, to the Peach State, and now (laughs) plans happen so quickly when you're single with no kids, and so I uh, made some things happen with some friends and I am on my way uh, to to the Georgia Dome to see my beloved Orange play in the Final Four. Nice. Yeah, I watched the game with you on Saturday. I, I, caught, the, I caught the second half of it because I was actually working, but, you know, you get that hour lunch break. Swing, of course, over of to, course. Uh, we went to the garage here in uh, Culver City, local spot, and you, got, you guys get your whole Orange crew out here. Yeah, uh, I mean, there is – when I say uh, – when I tell people, oh, you know, what's the, one of the best parts about living in L.A., you know, it's like, well, I literally know about 20 people I went to college with. Yeah, yeah. And – we come out in full force for Orange Games, man, and it, uh, we're on a pretty good run right now. And then, like Rich said, I went over to his house on Saturday to watch Michigan and Florida. Sunday. Sunday, uh, Sunday to watch Michigan and Florida. And uh, <laughs> to have both of our schools kind of going head-to-head is pretty amazing. Apologies to Law yeah, yeah. and your Penn State Nittany Lions. who Next year, baby. We're back. Who did not qualify for the big dance. But it, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, it, I think if I was telling somebody, if I was a Wichita State fan, no offense to the Shocker fans out there, I probably wouldn't be going because, you know, they, they're going up against a buzzsaw in the in the Louisville Cardinal and Rick Pitino's bunch, but I really think Syracuse has a has a great shot to win. So uh, I'm going down with uh, with some high hopes yeah. and hopefully some good basketball games uh, t- to come. There's a there's a part of me definitely pulling for a big part of me pulling for Wichita State to come out of that because uh, a, a friend of mine from high school, Gabe Norwood, played on the George Mason team. Oh uh, wow! Back in '06, they were an 11 seed. Right, they, they advanced. And just kind of knowing someone on that team that never thought they could they could get there in a million there. years in that they'd ever years, ever, ever know, get a ever. chance to play in the Final Four. And, I mean, obviously with Louisville losing a player, one of their players for the rest of the season. Yeah, being- I mean, not only are they the best team in the tournament and have been the best team in the nation for a while, now they have this kind of rallying cry from non-sports fans or even yeah. just casual basketball fans uh, in Kevin Ware. Uh, just just devastating yeah. to so watch. No real rooting interest for me. I just hope we see uh, three good games the rest of the way, and, and I'll be I'll be definitely content. One other thing that Brockman and I are doing this week, we're hitting up the links for the first time, you and I. I don't we know are. This hasn't happened yet. I, uh, 
have no idea. It's but, uh, been over two years, and we be, haven't played. Don't be surprised to see some uh, live tweets from us <laughs> on uh, the Rancho Santa Fe Golf Course or wherever it is we end up getting a tea time. <laughs> of course, at Chris Brockman. And, of course, uh, if, you, if you care, if you're a Syracuse fan, if you don't care, uh, I will be live tweeting like crazy uh, from Atlanta uh, this coming weekend. So, Tell your friends. Feel free to check that out as well. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us two knuckleheads uh, from at Chris Law and at Chris Brockman. This is at the Eisen Podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Charlie Yook for stopping up on a busy day and obviously Rich for phoning in uh, with his wife and kids on the road. So always a good time. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with Aaron Andrews, to recap the whole story. And, and Rich will be back. and I'm sure we'll be trading Final Four stories among uh, lots of the ever-changing NFL landscape. Peace out, everybody. Booyah. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening.